all in him and him alone. That is a blessing. All right, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. This is our last Sunday of teaching. And then I think you're going to preach at Ecclesiastes. Where are you going next? Hosea. I knew it was one of those New Testament prophets. Hosea. All right. He'll start next week. Hebrews chapter 12. I don't know if you've enjoyed this faith study or not, but I've enjoyed it immensely. It's, it's, it's increased my faith. Uh, God does work in my heart tremendously as I study these things, and, and I'm so thankful for it. Uh, we finish up today, and it, it's talking about the author and finisher of our faith. We went through Hebrews chapter 11, and we went through the whole spectrum of, of people that that God dealt with there in their faith. And then it goes over to chapter 12 and it talks about the author and finisher. Really, it directs everything in Hebrews 11, directs us to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And it talks about Jesus Christ. He is the author and finisher of our faith. If we're looking to anything else, anything else at all, it's wrong. And we're going to talk today about uh, besetting sins and about weights and about courses that we're supposed to be on and things we're supposed to do, but it all directs us to Jesus Christ. I'm not on. I'm too low, too high. Am I good? I'm good. She says I'm good, so I'm good. All right. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read here a couple of verses. And, well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 first. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That describes our faith. Verse 1 of chapter 11 is is describing our faith. But really in Hebrews chapter 2, it really defines what that is. Wherefore, seeing we are also... Let's back up. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with... So great of wit, a so cloud, great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily does beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto the Lord, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That defines what our faith is. That defines who our faith is in. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the whole goal of our faith is is seeing him keeping our eyes upon him and doing what he has for us to do a lot of times we look at it and we look at and we're going to talk about this a little bit about how service we get so service minded we think if we're doing and we're we're doing things in the church and we've got service that we're working that our faith is good that's not true God wants us to be obedient and service is an obedience obedience, and then we serve. And we are going to look at that a little bit today. But how our faith grows and grows and grows, but it's because of who the author and finisher of our faith is. Christ started it, and he will finish it. He put this all into motion for a reason, and he will finish what he started. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, you'd be with us today and here. I pray for all the ones in the back, Lord. They've got a passel of kids in the back. 
Lord, I just pray you be with the teachers, be with the workers. Lord, I pray that you calm the kids' hearts back there. And Lord, they'd be willing to sit and listen and hear about you. And Lord, that hearts would be changed and lives would be changed. Lord, through the teaching and preaching of your word today. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Pray for the ones in the back. Jeremiah came in the office. Oh, it was about 20 after 9. And his buses already said, we're full. We're coming in. We need more workers. And they've got a mess of kids back there. They sent, sent the buses back out to finish the route. So really pray for them back there. They are loaded up. I was just back there and they're almost back to the back wall and still having kids come in. Defines our faith. Describes our faith. Defines our faith. The Lord Jesus is the author and finish of our faith. Faith is compared to a race. Our life is compared to this race. Our faith is that way. A race. What about a race? What's so great? We got anybody that runs in here? As you can tell, I am not built to run. Even when I was younger and I was a whole lot thinner, I wasn't a runner. I was built to fight. And I'm not bragging about it, but that's where I did most of it because I fought. I didn't run. But I'm not built to run. I never did run, couldn't run, never was track was never my thing. I was more football and hockey where you could stand and take a beating and you didn't have to move very fast, very quick. So that's where I was. But anybody here run? Anybody here like to? I don't have any idea why anybody likes to run. Jared likes to run. Come here, Jared. I'm going to use you a lot today. Come right up here in the front. God, God says this is a race. We're in a race. And when you run a race, let me, let me ask you this. If you were running a race, would you dress the way you are today? Why? You can't move it. You can't be very fast in it, right? So if I loaded you down with all the hockey gear there is, you wouldn't be a runner, would you? You'd be a hockey player. Yeah. So a, a person that's in a race dresses for the race. Now, most of the time, I understand about runners, when they're, they're preparing for a race, they use weights. They'll put ankle weights on, they'll put wrist weights on, they'll put weights around their, their, their waist and run with these weights on. Why do they do that? So what happens when you take those weights off? You run faster and harder. All right, on most races, there's a course, right? I mean, they just don't turn you loose and say, run where you will and do what you want and make your own finish line, right? They have a course. All right, this is our course. This is our runner. This is your course. Your course is right straight down through here. That exit sign down there at the end of it is Jesus Christ. All right? You keep your eyes on that exit sign. If you go to the left, Jesus will tell you you're going to the left. If you go to the right, Jesus will say you're going to the right. He'll constantly lead and guide and direct you in this path, right? Okay, start down this course. No, no, just walking. He's going down this course. He's going down this course. And all of a sudden, he sees something to his right. All right? He starts moving to the right. Jesus says, no, 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 you're going to the right. You're going to the right. So what does he have to do? To correct it, he must move back this way. What we do is we go to the right, go all the way over to the wall, slow. He goes to the right. He's off course. He's not where God had him to go. What happens to his faith? It's a mess. He's lost what he's had. And, he has, and he's not getting anything. Where has Christ gone? He's still right there. 
He's the one that's left the course, not Christ. For him to get back to Christ, can he walk down that aisle and get down there? No. Where does he have to go? He's got to come back across to where he left. God's standing here waiting for him to come back. So he comes back and he gets back on the course and he goes on down the road. And as he's going down the road, he starts going to the left. Now he's over here and God says, you're going to the left, you need to go to the right. You're not going the way I want. So he just keeps going a little bit to the left. Just move in there by her, she will not bite you. <laughs> he, so he moves a little bit to the left. He's still off course. God is still here. He's running the race. He's not running this race. He's running his race. And he's off course. So anything that happens going this way affects his life. Anything that happens moving this way affects his life. It's not of faith. Why? He's not on the course God has set for him. We've got to understand that, that God has got a course for us to run. You can sit down right here and I'll grab you in a minute. We've got to understand that God's got a course for us to run. And it talks here in Hebrews, and it talks about laying aside the weights. Now, these weights are not sins. They're not sins. What are weights that so easily beset us, that we have trouble with? What's a weight? Worry can be a weight. Worry can be sin. I'm talking about something that's not sin. Responsibility. That can be a weight. Health. Work. How can work be a weight? Not enough time. TV can be a weight. Sports can be a weight. Anything that affects you. If God says, Brother Jared, I want you on this course that you're running. I don't want you to watch sports. I want you to give sports up. I don't want you to watch it. I want you to spend more time in your Bible, more time in prayer, and I want you to quit sports. Sports is not bad. Jared says, all right, God, I'll do that. He laid aside that weight. Jared might enjoy reading, we'll say, history. He's a history nut. He loves history. He reads everything he can find on history. God says, Jared, you're spending too much time in history books. I want you to lay aside that weight. Huh. Now, history's not bad. Reading about it's not bad. But God says, I want you to lay aside that weight. What does that weight do? It slows me down from running this race. You know the great thing about this race? It's not swift. People like me can run this race. Short, fat, dumpy people like me that cannot run can run this race. Because the Bible says we run it with patience. It's not how quick I get to the end. It's that I stay in the race. A lot of times, stand up, Jared. This is Jared's course. He's running the race. He's not moving, but he's running the race. God says, Jared, I want you to stand right here. I don't want you to move. I want you to wait patiently on me. And I come by Jared and I say, Jared, what are you doing? He said, Brother Chuck, I'm running my race. I said, but Jared, you're not moving. I know God told me to stand here. But how can you run a race and not move? It's God's race. It's the race God set before me. 
I say, Jared, where's your history books? You're not reading. He says, no, God told me to lay that weight aside. Jared, you're not talking sports. No, God said lay that weight aside. I can't do that anymore, Brother Chuck, because God said it's a weight unto me, and I can't do that and serve him. He wants it better for me. You're a preacher talking all the time about better. I want the best. I want the best. I want to go higher. To go higher with Christ, he's got to lay aside those weights. Maybe it's work. Maybe he's working a lot. Maybe he's, he's, he's just really pouring his heart into his work. God says, Jared, you're working too much overtime. Jared says, God, I like the money. Economy's bad. I need the money. And God says, no, I don't want you doing that. I want you working 40 hours. I don't want you taking any more overtime. Overtime's a weight. He's got a choice to make. He can lay aside that weight, stay on this course, or he can take the overtime and go off the course. Because that weight's besetting him. It's slowing him down. He's not where he's supposed to be with the Lord. Then the Bible says, the sin. Weights are not sins. Then it says, the sin that so easily besets us. We all have them. Don't look at me like you don't. You got them just like I do. We've got the sins that so easily besets us. You can sit down for a minute. So easily besets us. It might be not telling the whole truth. It might be not reading my Bible like I should. It might not be spending time in my prayer closet. It might be not doing all the things that God says, this is what I want you to do, come out from among them, be separate, do all these things. But I've got a sin that besets me. And it besets me very easily. And it's not the big sins. We look at, well, I don't murder. I've never raped anybody. I don't drink. I don't smoke dope. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't do all those things. But I've got this one sin that I fight it and I fight it, 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 and I fight it. God says you've got to take that sin, you've got to confess it, and you've got to turn from it. Because what happens, you know what we do? We'll confess that sin, we'll say my sin is drinking. I don't drink, I'm not a big drinker, I'm a social drinker. I just drink occasionally. I drink a little bit of wine, wine cooler, can't hurt me too bad. And it's in the privacy of my own home, and you guys don't know it, and who cares? So I've got this little sin, and I, every now and then, I drink a little. I drink a little. But that sin has beset me from serving God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. So what happens to me on this course that I'm running? I'm no longer running this course. I'm over here someplace in that besetting sin. But you only do it occasionally. It doesn't matter. God says, I want you to confess it and forsake it. When I confess that sin, I say, God, I'm a drunk. I drink wine. And I know it's wrong. And God, I'm confessing it. God says, okay, I'm putting it under the blood. Get back on course and run for me. So now I've left that sin there. I've left those weights there. I've left that sin. And now I'm back on course going down the road like I'm supposed to be. But what happens when I go down here about four or five steps, six steps, and then I come back here? And that's what we do. We confess that sin. We start moving forward with God. And all of a sudden, we're back here again. 
We're not going forward. We've backed up. And we're back at that besetting sin. God says you've got to confess it and forsake it. Our faith, that besetting sin. What we do for God must be done here and now on this earth. There is, no, there is an appointed path and course for each one of us. Jared's race is not my race. Brother Ken Beeman's race is not my race. Brother Mike Donovan's race is not Jared's race. Everybody here has their own race. Stand for a minute. What happens? He's got a race. Come here, Linda. I can use her because she's almost be his mother. Older than his mother. All right. Now this is going to take a stretch of imagination, but use it. This is his wife. All right, I know. Think of that. Come on. This is his wife. Don't tell Melissa. This is his wife. All right. What happens when they become one? She's been on a course. He is on a course. What happens? This course is one course. This course is their course. She's not running a separate course now. She's running with him. They're together. So it's his responsibility to make sure this course is right and for his wife to stay on this course, who is the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. They become one. So as we get married, that course becomes one course. What happens a lot of times with young married couples, he's married, he's doing what's right, and she's over here being a Jezebel. I can say that, she's my wife. (laughs) Being a Jezebel, doing what she wants to do, not listening to him, he's trying to run his course. What happens? It slows him down. He hasn't got his wife where she should be. But it can also go the other way. It can be him and not her. But she's under subjection to him. That's why it's so important for husbands to be right. That's why it's so important to run this race. You can sound. You can sound. To run this race. We've only... You sit right there. You're not done. (laughs) To run this race. Every one of us has our own race. God has a plan for our life. He's taken us and he's set us apart and he says, this is your race. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. This is the this is direction I want you to go in. These are the people you're going to meet along your race. As Jared walks and comes along this race, he's going to meet different people. He's going to meet Carl. He's going to meet the Donovans. He's going to meet Brother Art. He's going to meet Sister Betty. He's going to meet Brother Waters. He's going to meet Brother Rick. He's going to meet Brother Cook. Along this race, people are going to come in and touch our lives. And if he leaves his church, there's still going to be other people to come in and touch his life. But he's got to stay on this course. Because you know what happens? When he comes in and he meets Brother Waters, and him and Brother Waters become great friends. All right? And Jared's not on his course. He can affect Brother Waters' course and where he goes and what he does. He can influence these people along the way. That's why it's so important that we run this race according to our faith. It's so important. We lose sight of that sometimes. We think, it doesn't matter. And I've had young people tell me, well, Chuck, it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't affect anybody but me. That's a lie. That's a lie straight from the devil. It affects everybody along this course. If Jared gets off this course way over there, all these people down through here aren't going to meet him. It affects them. They don't know it, but it affects them. Jesus is the author and finisher 
of our faith. Christ is our goal. The reference here is to what we found in chapter 11, when it says, Wherefore, seeing we are, we are also compassed about with, with so great cloud of witnesses. God put chapter 11 in there, and this is so great. He put chapter 11 in there with all these people. And he says, see all these people? They walk by faith. You walk by faith. You don't look at these people. I'm not to look under Abraham. I'm not to look under Isaac. I'm not to look under all these people. Who am I to look unto? The author and finisher of my faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. But what he did is he put all these people in there to show us that we can live by faith. He put them all in there and he listed it. And we can go back to the Old Testament and we can read all about them. And we can look at all they did. How did they do that? They lay aside the weights. They put aside the sin. They get on the course and they walk that course. Were they perfect? No. Look at David. No, he wasn't perfect. But he finished what God called him to do. He failed. He walked off. He got in a mess. His family was a mess. But he walked. He kept coming back. Kept coming back. Kept coming back. That's a great thing about Christ. We come back. We ask forgiveness. God says, I forgive you. Let's go. He never says, you went over there. You got in sin. Don't talk to me no more. You're over there. I don't want to talk to you now. You made me mad. Never says that. He says, come on. Come on. I love you. I died for you. Let's get back on course. All this great cloud of witnesses. God has a goal. They're runners training for a race. Weights. Besetting sins. We live in a manner in our race of life that we must lay aside every weight. Every sin. We run as we look at Christ. What hinders us? The race that we are running demands that we lay aside all this. Their sins. We cannot battle and run this race weighted down and sin laden. We've got to lay it aside. The sin, it's besetting sin. It's, it besets us. We've talked about that. Turn to me. Brother Dave, turn over to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Ecclesiastes 9, 11 says, The race is not to the swift. And we talked about that a little bit. Now, if we were running a race, me and Jared, Jared could give me a head start probably halfway down this aisle, and he'd probably still beat me. He's a lot lighter than I am. He's a lot younger than I am. And he's a lot more athletic than I am. But it's not the swift. It's not the swift. Read for me over in Isaiah, Brother Dave, would you please? Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 3. 31, I'm sorry. 31. We run with patience. We run in God's strength, not in our strength. Renewed strength. And there's three things right there that amazes me. Read that verse again, Brother Dave, if you would. Have you got it still? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We get renewed strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. Hold it. Wings of eagles. What's that telling us? 
we're going to fly. We can fly sometimes through this race. There's going to be portions of this race that's going to move very, very swiftly. Then what does it say? Okay. Then there's places that we're going to run that we're not going to get tired in. We're just going to be able to run and run and run. Tremendous race. But it's not the speed. Go on, Brother Dave. And they shall walk. You're going to have times that you're going to fly. You're going to have times that you're going to run. And there's going to be times that you're going to walk. But you're still in the race. And all the strength for this race does not come by my endurance. Does not come by me working out. Does not come by my physical ability. It comes by me reading, me praying, me studying, me listening, me following the Lord Jesus Christ. It all comes by him, not by me. Because if it's by me, he is not the author and finisher of this race. I am. It's not me. There's a popular idea that God is calling us to serve him. I've said it. I've said it many times. What service is God calling you to? We often make the goal the service. But the requirement of a servant is obedience, not service. Anything less than this is less than God's goal. It's the wrong goal. We're called to be obedient. As Jared runs this race, he's called to be obedient. To stay on course, to follow what God says. I'm going to pretend like I'm Jared's dad. Thank you. It's not, right? I'm Jared's dad. Jared comes to me and he says, Dad, I believe God's called me to go to Brazil as a missionary. I say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Do you know how to speak Brazilian? He says, no. Well, what do you know about Brazil? Shh. I know what they speak. I'm being smart. Oh, if he was my kid. He says they speak Portuguese. I said, I know. All right. But he calls him to go. And I say, do you even know where Brazil is? He said, I think it's in Europe someplace. I don't know. But God's called me to be a missionary. I say, Jared, that's dumb. God's not calling you to be a missionary. And he says, yeah, I believe he is. Jared's got a choice to make. He's running this race. And he's going. God's calling him to Brazil. He can say, Dad, you're wrong. And step out by faith and follow the Lord Jesus Christ and become a missionary to Brazil. Or you can listen to me and walk away and never do anything for God. But he's on this course. He's got the choice. There's going to be people along this course that's going to say, that is wrong, this is wrong, you can't do that, you don't want to do that, you don't want to go there. How can you live like that? Are you sure? Your life's a mess. Look at it. 
What do you mean your family doesn't have a TV? What do you mean your family doesn't go to the shows? What do you mean your wife dresses a certain way? What do you mean you read your Bible and family devotions? What do you mean you believe in the old rugged cross? What do you mean you believe in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? What do you mean this heaven stuff? That's all garbage. Jared's got to stand and say, this is my course. This is where God's called me. I'm going to do it. And walk this path. And do it. By faith. It's obedience. It's being obedient. Now, Jared can stay here. Jared can say, okay, Dad, you're right. He can get married. He can say, I'm going to start running a bus route. He can go back and get him a bus route, start running a bus route. He can say, I'm going to work in junior church. He can work in junior church. He can become a Sunday school teacher. He can become a deacon. He can become all things. He can become a great leader of Parkview Baptist Church. But God called him to Brazil. God didn't call him to start a bus route. God didn't lead him on his course to be a deacon. God didn't lead him on his course to stay at Parkview Baptist Church. God led him on his course that Brazil is down the road. He needs to be in Brazil. Obedience. Obedience. Not service. Obedience. When you're obedient, you'll be servant. You'll serve. You'll serve the way you're supposed to serve and how you're supposed to serve. And with the right heart. But you've got to be obedient. The Lord teaches us to run this race with patience. To wait upon Him. To trust Him. And to set, a, to set aside all that will hinder us. Christ, the God-man, was our perfect example of this. He used, over down here in, in, in the verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. The word Jesus there is, is, is God in his humanity and how God became human. Did I say that right, preacher? Human. Human for us. But we can't just look at the humanity of God without looking at the deity of God. You cannot do that. God was human. He came. He knew by faith all that was going to happen to him. By faith he prayed. Read his prayers. By faith, he talked to the Father. Read it. By faith, he walked this earth. By faith, he went to the cross. By faith, he died. By faith, he arose. By faith, he ascended into heaven. It was all by faith. He is our author and finisher of our faith. Everything is by faith. Everything we do is by faith. When we start using our humanity to make decisions, what happens? What happens when we rule God out of it? What happens? We make a mess out of it. When we take God and we push God aside and we say, I'm not going on this course, I'm going this way, I'm taking God out of the picture, I'm making decisions, He's no longer the author and finisher of our faith. We are. We're going to walk down this path until we die even. And we've set that course for ourselves. God is no longer there. He is no longer. Do you have to go? Okay. I don't want to hold him up if he had to go. We're about done. I'm going to have to quit. Christ is our example, our faith. As believers, we are to deal with life just as the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with life and death here in faith. We are to live our lives looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. 
This verse, I, I love the, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I just want to use 3, 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thine own understanding. We've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our understanding. What happens when we lean unto our understanding? What happens to us? We get off course. Because I look at a situation and I can look at it and I can say, God, I don't see you here in this. So I'm going to take and I'm going to do this 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 and I'm going to solve this problem all by myself. Where am I at? I'm off course. Because I don't see over here how God's working. Is God working? God's always working. It's when I say I. I can't see. I can fix. I can't see, I can fix. I'm off course. I'm not looking under the author and finisher of my faith. I'm looking under Chuck Smith to achieve this goal. That's wrong. That's where we get. We say, well, I don't see God. I don't care whether you see him or not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Who do we not see? We do not see the Lord Jesus Christ. If he gives us enough faith to believe that he died for us and he's coming again for us and he's going to raise us out of this mess and take us to heaven, you mean on this course I cannot trust him? I've got to. If not, it's all by me. And when I get involved in it, I make a mess out of it. He's our great example. We're done. He's our great example.